Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, Welcome to Working Out the Kinks. You God, I love that title. This is our first episode because I think we're both <laughs> a little nervous. <laughs> well, I'm drinking. I'm not sure about you, so. Yep, I am drinking too. I have a glass of um, a white wine blend, which makes me sound much classier than I actually am. Oh, you are the classiest, Evelyn. So classy. Don't don't pretend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am Victoria Johnson. I am a writer of erotic fiction, and suddenly I have forgotten every single thing I have ever written in my life. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my most recent book was a sci-fi dystopian style book titled Control of Her Body. Uh, I was telling everyone who would listen about it that it was basically Hunger Games, but with medical fetish. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a new genre. I'm starting it. I love Um, it. Your turn. And I am Evelyn Prince. I'm also a writer of erotic fiction. Um, you might know me as Braddy Pretty Sub from Tumblr and then later on BDSMLA when Tumblr shut, shut down. Um, I also wrote the A Pet of Their Own series, the Take series, and the Pet series, as long as well as a few um, one-offs. You are the most prolific. So prolific. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually got authors with like hundreds of books and I'm sitting there with like my 10 or whatever it is. Well, I only have four. Yeah, but yours are crazy long. So you've got like only 70,000 words. It's only. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, this podcast is. Uh, well, it kind of started as an idea last year. Um, anyone who's been following me on BD Assembler knows that last spring I was asking for some thoughts about how people felt about kink and how kind of it fit into their lives because I was going to start a podcast. And I had these grand ideas that it was going to be, you know, me talking about, you know, different kinks and how the origin of it all started and the history and all sorts of technical stuff like how to do rope work. And then I realized that I have none of that knowledge and (laughs) that was going to end up me making a big fool of myself. So that didn't end up happening, but that's okay. Um, That's a rad idea. You should still do that. (laughs) But I don't have the knowledge and I feel that, you know, I'm a little young to try to be pretending to be a expert on all things kink because I am most certainly not. But I can talk about writing until the end of time, which is why I came up with this idea. And it's also kind of evolved. Um, it started out as me talking about my books and, you know, my writing process and interviewing other authors. And then when I asked Evelyn if she would want to come on as an interview, I had the bright idea that this could just be a podcast about kink and writing and all that fun stuff, because I don't know how many people listen to writing podcasts, but they're all pretty 
vanilla and safe for work. And this will not be. <laughs> no. If you've read any of our work, I'm pretty sure you'll know that we're not great at being safe for work. You should see our Twitter chat some days because they're <laughs> ridiculous. I don't know what you're talking about. I talk to you at work all the time. That makes it safe for work, right? <laughs> so safe for work. I talk to you when I should be working. <laughs> um, Yeah, and I was super flattered when Victoria asked me, first of all, to come on as an interviewee. And then later when she asked me if I'd co-host with her, I just sort of screamed, oh my God, yes, through Twitter. And <laughs> yeah, I think... I think this is just going to be such a great space to talk about kink, to talk about writing, to talk about how the two intersect, about responsibilities as an author, about different ways of writing, different things we write about. Um, we're hoping to get some people on to interview, like some great authors. And yeah, I'm really excited for tonight's topic, too. Oh, this it's going to be so fun. I think we picked a good one for the first episode. Um do you yeah, want to share I, what it is? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, we wanted to, we, we kind of bounced around a couple ideas, and then we settled on talking about how different genres mix with, not with erotica per se, but yes, at the same time, you know, how to basically make standard fiction more erotic and I feel like I'm going to be a broken record with this conversation because basically my entire opinion about everything is it depends on the atmosphere and if you can get the atmosphere correct then you know you can end up with a good book you know if you're aiming for sexy or scary or suspenseful like if you can nail that atmosphere then I mean even if the writing is kind of subpar then it ends up okay. But there's a lot more to it. That's kind of my overall opinion, but we're going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also just, like, you've written more in genre, like genres outside of erotica, because I think of erotica as its own genre, but you've written more within genre than I have. Like, is it Control of Her Body? I can never remember the title of books. This is going to get so annoying. But <laughs> that, Yeah, that's yeah. the... Um, my most recent that I wrote this spring and released in April that yeah, is still doing sci-fi. so well. And oh, yeah, it's so good for you. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud. I, I was very surprised, to be honest, because I figured that it might be a little um, salient given pandemic times, but people have responded very well to it. And that makes me very, very happy. But anyway, yes. <laughs> So that was sci-fi, and then the book before that um, was contemporary, a uh, contemporary mm -hmm. romance, and then the one before that was a super dark kidnap fantasy that <laughs> got out of control. It's We've fine. all been there. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> How would you like to begin? Like, I've got our little list of different genres that we want to talk about. Do you have one that you want to start with? We can start with sci-fi since we were just talking about that, or we can go down our list. What do you want to do? Um, I think romance is a great place to start because 
I mean, there are no hard and fast rules when it comes to writing. Like if you make a rule, someone will say, oh, actually, I found this clever way to break it. And it's better than anything you've ever written in your life. But and then you feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's great. We're artists. It's good. Um, but I feel like most erotica is romance as well. I feel, and I mean, how do I say this? Uh, I feel like most of everything I've written has been some form of romance, other than the non-con stuff. Even though romance on its own has some conventions, like, you know, they meet, they fall in love, they come up against obstacles, and a lot of my books don't have that because they're shorts. Mm -hmm. But in every single one of my books, I feel like I'm telling some kind of love story. Absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's really what all of this comes down to is, you know, we're trying to tell a story of a relationship between these two characters. Um, mm -hmm. For me personally, that's the core of what most of my books come down to is it's focusing on the relationship and mine get a little plotty, as we've talked about more than <laughs> once. <laughs> but I mean, I think if the plot starts to overtake the relationship and the building of that, then it's not romance anymore. It's not erotica. It's not, it, you know, can have romantic undertones, you know, like an action book or a movie can have a romantic subplot, but that doesn't make it a romantic story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that focusing on the characters and, you know, at the and that's how I feel about it at the end of the day. You know, I started in theater and all of everything in theater is about character and how you interpret it and how you portray it. And I kind of bring that to my books because the characters are the most important part. If you don't care about the characters, then I'm sorry, you're not going to give a shit about the book, no matter how good the writing is, no matter how interesting the plot is. Because at the end of the day, it's like, well, why do I give a shit? These characters are boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel I feel very similarly. I know some people who read and they're like, eh, the characters weren't great, but the plot was interesting enough to keep me going. And that is not how I read, and it's not how I write. Oh, God, no. I, I can't. If I don't care about the characters, movies, TV shows, I if I don't care, <laughs> I'm not consuming whatever yeah. the media is. So that, and that's where I kind of start. And that's why I personally find, because I know that some people are like, how do you make something romantic or erotic? Or how do you do, how do you do that? And for me, it's so easy. It's so fucking easy because you just, they're characters and you make mm -hmm. them want each other. How hard is that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not the best explanation. <laughs> No, I think I think the challenging part then is it's always for putting it on the page, right? Like always. Yeah, I know why, you know a leading man with his dark eyes is attractive, but it's making sure that he's as attractive to Rodrida as he is to your other romantic lead. Or leads, because I tend to write Polly and multiple partner romances. So I'm like, here, have all of these characters. Have all the relationships. Yeah. <laughs> so then let me ask you, 
as far as like your character descriptions, as far as like their personalities, where where do you start? Because for me personally, atmosphere and character are above all. But I don't I don't really do a lot in the way of character descriptions until, you know, they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's at that point where I'm like, oh, yeah, it should probably be kind of important what color this character's eyes are. If, mm-hmm. you know, they're eye to eye while they're doing the fucking. Um... While they're doing the fucking. That's the only way we're <laughs> going to refer to it in this whole podcast. I'm so sorry, listeners, that Victoria has committed us to this. while they're doing the fucking (laughs) that's a great question I've never known the answer to that question like where do you start where do your ideas come from um with erotica I often tend to start with scenes or dynamics um Quite a few of my books have started off as just, like, what's meant to be a 500-word blog post, where I'm like, oh, here's a sexy situation with interesting dynamics, and then I find I just want to stay within that dynamic a little longer. And so, yeah, because I write kink with, like, heavy dom-sub dynamics, most of my books start with that, like, what is the dynamic these people have? And then my characters build from there. What kind of people are these characters, but they are in this dynamic? Why are they here? What are they getting out of it? And so that's that's how I start with my books. But I also find, coming back to genre, it depends on what genre I'm writing. That makes but, a lot of sense, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, even if you're writing just a contemporary romance... You know, and the only story there is the story of these characters. It's still kind of important who they are and what they do. I mean, I guess you could write just a book where they're always together and only ever with each other. But I feel like that would get a little tedious. That would get tedious. And I mean, I think that's that's the genre where character is most important. I think character is important in all genres. But in romance, I think because it... Like, the whole story is about why these two people, two or more people, should be together. Whereas in any other genre, in, you know, fantasy and horror and action, you have a lot of external stuff going on, whereas romance is so internally driven. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I don't know, like, when you're writing... Like, I'm currently plotting out, tentatively plotting out. I make no promises, but I'm You're tentatively plotting, plotting out. I am. I'm going to request your help on it later. But I'm plotting out a fantasy book. And with that, it felt like because it's fantasy, I should have started with world building with whatever, you know, if this has a magic system. But instead, once again, like, I just started with characters. I started and... with a dynamic I found intriguing and built the world from there. That do you do the same so, thing? Well, that's funny because, um, you know, I'm kind of working on a tentative t- fantasy book series as well. But mine's going to be five books and they're probably going to be 100,000 plus words each because I cannot control myself. I um, would just like everyone to know that Victoria has described these books as about a culture that worships a sex god and there are lots of orgies. So 
you that know, is true. A five book series exactly. is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how I described it. You are correct. Yep. <laughs> it sure um, is. And it's stuck in my head. <laughs> that is a hard question because for me, my ideas come out of so many different places. You know, they like the one that I was talking to you about earlier today that came from a meme and the I've had stuff that comes from tweets and, you know, songs. And so with this fantasy idea, I was listening to a true crime podcast and they were talking about cults and I'm like, sex cult. <laughs> and and that's where it started. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not really a solid answer to that question. I feel hmm. like there isn't really a solid answer for most people. Mm-hmm. Like for most authors, I think we come up with where generally our ideas come from, generally where we start. But yeah, like you said, you can be inspired by memes or yeah. Wow. I find I'm often inspired by what I'm reading. Like I'm currently rereading all of Sophie Kinsella's books. I've just been on a Sophie Kinsella kick. Mm-hmm. And all I want to do is write contemporary romance. <laughs> Uh, I always feel that way when I read Nora Roberts, which I know is like so cookie cutter because it's Nora Roberts, but I just adore her. She was one of the first romance authors I ever read. And so whenever I'm reading like her true crime stuff, like inspired things, I'm like, I need to write a million books about true crime and then make it sexy. And so I, I totally understand what you're saying. Well, since we were talking about fantasy, let's kind of move into that, because I actually think that the thing that I think is so fascinating about writing fantasy and, you know, making it sexy and erotic is that there's so many moving parts and so many things going on that sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. Like for the five book series that I'm planning right now, the way that it's kind of working out is it's going to follow three different major storylines in each book and you know each of the storylines will have its whole host of characters and basically could be a story all its own um i mean if i was trying to be obnoxious about it i could probably just publish like individual novellas following each little storyline and do 15 of them but i don't want to do that (laughs) you and i are such different writers because that's exactly what you would do it is i I don't have the attention span that you do to just really sit with something. I'm cultivating it, but yeah, I'm better at shorts. <laughs> and, you know, every author is good at different things. But what, how do you, I don't know, neither of us have really written fantasy before, at least as far as erotic fantasy goes. When I was younger, I used to write young adult fantasy but that's a very different beast to Mm. erotic fantasy. So the way that I'm imagining going about eroticizing something like that, I mean, at the end of the day, just a very basic back, back to the characters, you know, you put them, these two characters that may or may not have feelings for each other together and kind of see what happens. Cause I mean, I always tell um, my husband that, these characters already exist and I'm just kind of the vehicle for telling their stories. Mm. Cause sometimes they do things that I'm like, but why? What? Okay. 
okay. I guess we're doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I feel like that's just where writers cry. It's just, oh, okay. <laughs> As our stories veer off. <laughs> I'm going to follow this subplot, but that's not the story. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there are two different ways. There are a million different ways, but I think at its core, there are two ways you can think about it. And it's, you keep talking about, you know, eroticizing fantasy. But I think of it, I think depending on the book, it could also be fantasizing erotica. Does that make sense? Like, depending on what your sort of primary genre is, if you're writing a fantasy book, you can then make it sexy. Or you can write a sexy book and then add fantasy elements to it. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely correct. And yeah, I guess it really depends on which way you want to come at it. Because for me, I'm starting with the fantasy element for mine. And I'll, you know, make it sexy from there. Also, fantasy has so many opportunities for naked spells. This fantasy is so bondagey, like fantasy and sci-fi. Just has yep. so much like BDSM elements where they're like, like I mean, if you watch seventies sci-fi movies, it is oh so bondagey. Yes. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Sure <laughs> is. Like, Evelyn, do you know you haven't read it yet? But there is so much fucking bondage in my sci-fi book. <laughs> it's just built in. I feel like it's just built into the tradition of sci-fi. It it's all oh. I need to tie you to this medical table. Mm. For reasons. (laughs) For reasons. (laughs) Everyone in the future wears leather. It's important. (laughs) Ooh, no, 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 no. Or um, spandex. Or, yep, latex as well. (laughs) Also in fantasy, why is there... So we recently watched Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And I could not stop looking at David Bowie's cock no the entire fucking movie. And so now I'm thinking, are there leather trousers in my book? That might be a thing. It might be necessary. <laughs> and it's so interesting that you talk about um, you're starting with the fantasy, because I feel like with my fantasy book that I'm currently plotting is I'm doing the opposite. I'm starting with the erotica dynamic I want. And then it just so happens to be that it works better in a fantasy setting than in a um, either contemporary or historical real world setting. You know, and with all genres, well, with all genres, I think that's what it comes down to. Are you going to start setting and plot out or character in? You know what I mean? Are you going to start with the characters and kind of move your way out to where they are? Or are you going to start with a setting and then populate it with the characters and then figure out how they work with each other from there? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it also, like, if I'm completely honest, I think what made me go, this needs to be fantasy rather than, like, some vague historical fiction is that I just wanted, like, sexy bondage magic. I'm like, if my leading man has magic and he can use magic to tie her to a table, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's my whole book right there. (laughs) That is valid, and I look forward to reading it. 
feel like this is just taking all the magic out of our books. They're like, wow, these are so, how do they think of them? And we're just like, oh, I wanted someone tied to a table. (laughs) Well, so control of her body, that started out as what if the government made people be pregnant? And then I was like, okay, but why? Like, where where did that come from? And it kind of moved from there. And then I was like, okay, what if they do really weird kinky shit to the girls who are pregnant? And I'm not going to say anything else because that spoils the book. <laughs> and it's so interesting that um, that original concept just lent itself so much towards sci-fi for you because it could have been – like, you can take that concept and put it to any of the genres that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And some we haven't. Like, for example, that could be a really intriguing concept for, like, an erotic horror book. Or maybe not horror, but sort of like that. I don't know what the genre I'm thinking of is, which is great in a conversation about genres. But... No, but you're t- you're talking, like, horror, suspense, thriller, like, those yeah. sorts of genres. Yeah. A friend of mine actually bought it and read it, and she's like, V, like, Wow this was it was so good but like pregnancy scares me so it was like a sexy scary book and I was like okay I can get on board with that because that wasn't like my intention but you know upon review since I'm getting ready to start working on the sequel I can see that you know how it has kind of elements not only of sci-fi intrigue and also you know romantic a romantic entanglement between my characters, but also like that suspense of, you know, big brother kind of looking over and, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen, who's going to end up, who's going to end up under the knife, so to speak. And, you know, and, and it comes back to what I was saying earlier about atmosphere. I think that, you know, creating that feeling, that sensation of the kind of book environment that you want it just, it makes everything easier. It makes it easier to be sexy, to be scary, to, it lends well to the characters. And it it just makes writing easier than when you're mm-hmm. fighting with the genre you've picked. Because sometimes a book doesn't want to be a genre. That's what it comes down to. Yep. That is, Yeah. And I'm now like going through my head and wondering if deep down everything does have a genre or if everything doesn't. But that's like the literary student coming out in me. So we don't have to go down that path. (laughs) I mean, we can if you want to, but that's not much about sexy. (laughs) No, no. But yeah, it's it's only recently I've started actually thinking about genre because or, or rather the genre outside erotica. Yeah, like playing with it has been really different. And my partner is also a writer and he writes um, fantasy and a bit of sci-fi. And so talking to him about writing is so different to how I think about writing that it's just, I feel like the genre you're drawn towards or the genre you're writing in the moment influences your process even if it's just in the tiniest way I feel like it influences it it absolutely does I completely agree because on top of you know starting when I get like the nugget of an idea one of the first things I think about is like okay what's the kind of overall plot that goes with these ideas because 
from there, it's a little bit easier for me to kind of figure out what kind of characters would follow these stories. And then from there, it's, okay, so what kinks are we going to be focusing on in this book? And obviously, you know, I have a couple that I tend to be drawn towards. I, you know, I like anal, I like bondage, I like, you know, very, very intense, like, DS dynamics. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyone who's read anything I've ever written ever will know that. That's also Victoria's Tinder bio, by the way. (laughs) I like anal, I like bondage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the other thing that I wanted to kind of break up about fantasy is there's so many different kinds yes there are so many different kinds of fantasy like low fantasy and dark fantasy and Tolkien-esque and you know what do you I mean I guess even from a reader's standpoint do you really think that these different kind of subgenres affect the way you would approach something being sexy. Um, because like Tolkien-esque is, you know, big journey and adventure and kind of like a crew. And I can tell you exactly how I would make that sexy. Um, there would be <laughs> so much group sex. It's fine. <laughs> but, you know, low fantasy where it's more, you know, magical situations in everyday life, contemporary and such would, I think would be be a very different, you know, kind of sexy, kind of erotic book. What do you think? Yeah, it's almost as though, like, I feel like fantasy then has all of its subgenres, which I think absolutely influence the way you write. I mean, fantasy is... There's just so much. It feels like such an intimidating genre to talk about in some ways because you can say the word fantasy and everyone pictures something different. Mm-hmm. And fantasy can even be like everything's exactly the same. It's just that people have magic. And, um, or there could yeah, be dragon fucking. Or there could be dragon fucking. I am petitioning Victoria to have dragon fucking in her book. I am we are just writing, saying we are writing very different books, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying what is even the point if no one fucks a dragon. <laughs> when I think fantasy, I tend to think maybe not medieval, but more historical. Like I want people in castles doing things. But I'm also very intrigued by like modern urban fantasy. Um I, I kind of agree. I feel the same way when I think fantasy. It's very much like pre-technology, mm-hmm. you know, wizards and alchemy and all that shit. Yeah, I'm completely on board. So I don't I don't really read a lot of urban fantasy. Um, it feels like that particular subgenre has kind of dropped off in recent times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't see as much of it. The last that I kind of really remember were like. The City of Bones books, and that was like the late twenty um two thousands, early twenty tens. And I haven't really seen a lot of urban fantasy since. Not really. Yeah, I I feel like I don't know enough about fantasy to talk about it for sure, but I think there's so much going on in that genre at any given time. Well right? and on top of that, like, if we're looking at um, literary trends over the last decade or so, you know, we've seen a lot of a lot of vampires, a lot of werewolves, paranormal, 
kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, you know, the the wave of literary interest ebbs and flows. You know, we're going to see a drop off of vampires after, you know, Twilight, and then it's going to resurge. But it seems that there are some subgenres, some kinks, some ideas that just don't take hold. Some of them shouldn't. But I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting kind of idea. We can talk about, you know, literary patterns in a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole episode right there. It really is. But um, talking of paranormal stuff, I feel I was like about that to say. <laughs> Yes. That is such I feel like paranormal is fantasy, but it is that feels like the most likely to be found in erotica slash romance than any other kind of fantasy. Well, like, I'm, I'm sorry, who reads a vampire book and doesn't immediately think of fucking the vampire? Right? And um, for me, it's werewolves. Like, werewolves have been my weak spot for, oh god, I don't know, like the last 15 years. It's like, I'll go away from them, but then if someone throws a werewolf book at me, I'll be like, yes, give me all the, like, primal instincts and, <laughs> like... So all the pack dynamics that are so outdated and science is like, actually, wolves don't work that way. And I'm like, no, fuck off. Give me an alpha who is in charge of all the rest <laughs> of the pack members. Don't throw science at me right now. Wow, you're really going to like one of my books coming out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, no, like, completely. Like all my kinks are built for werewolves. <laughs> Just 100%. <laughs> I don't think werewolves do age play, Evelyn. <laughs> okay, you know what, Victoria? I feel like werewolves could totally do age play. I can see it working 100%. I can start plotting my werewolf age play novel right here, right now, if you'd like. Maybe we can talk about that later. I totally agree about paranormal, um, that it lends itself so well to erotic romance. I don't know why it does. And some of it ends up very, very dub con or <laughs> con um, like uh, the Omega verse book that I'm co-writing right now with a friend is so it's almost rapey, but it, it's not quite like we're, we're being very sensitive about that. But it's it's towing the line of really hard, like, dubcon, noncon, very dark sex. And it is so fucking hot. I <laughs> cannot. I, I can't. But I don't know. I don't know why, at least as far as, like, the alpha, beta, omega, werewolf dynamics go, like, it's very obvious to see why that lends itself well to erotic fiction. But, like, as far as vampires and such go, why do you think that we are so viscerally drawn to these sorts of personalities, these types of characters in erotic fiction? Oh, I think there's so much that goes into that. I feel like you could find at least one master's thesis on this exact topic. Like, some grad student out there has studied this, for sure. Um, I think... For me and the kinks I write, I think there's so much that appeals about a sort of older, mysterious, untouchable partner who's been through so much and yet chooses you, right? Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. that has a lot to do with the appeal of vampire romance. 
in a kinky sense, I think I think there's a lot of appeal of like to go into dubcon or non-con territory of it's instinct driven, it's um it's primal, it's sort of a different nature, a different culture, different expectations than ours. It sort of gives you permission to do those things where if it was a per- like a human doing it to another human, it might feel almost too far to write about. Oh, okay, I see. So like you think it's kind of a sense of being like one step removed almost to make I it think that's part a of little it. more socially acceptable at least like in our heads. It makes it a little more acceptable because there's really no way this could ever happen, so that makes it fine and it makes it acceptable for us to fantasize about it in that way. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I'm I sort of just rambled there. I feel like like it actually drives me crazy a little bit when you see I mean Twilight and Fifty Shades has been talked about to death, but mm-hmm. those are just the prime examples that come like the first examples that come to mind of dubcon, noncon, unhealthy relationship dynamics where it's treated romantically. And you know me, everyone who reads my writing knows that I am so down with noncon Dubcon people being told they want it when they don't actually, and or if like they the, don't know that they want it, yeah, same. yeah, all the like unhealthy relationship dynamics. But I like seeing an acknowledgement of that, whether in the text or in just a little bitty disclaimer. Absolutely, and I, like you've said, Fifty Shades and Twilight have been talked about to death, so we don't need to talk about that extensively here, but. I think the thing that's the most problematic about those two books, and I mean, you can even go back to um, Interview with a Vampire and Lestat and Louis and Claudia, Mm -hmm. because that relationship, you know, I mean, even just the making Claudia into a vampire was so unbelievably problematic and so just wrong. And then, you know she loses her soul, she becomes a vampire, is a vampire for a hundred years. Well, okay, fine. Her mind might be of a, you know, 90, 100 year old being. Her body is still that of a five year old. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know. I, the fact that these books do not acknowledge just how fucked up these situations are, for instance, Fifty Shades of Grey, he hunts down her social security number. I'm sorry, that's fucking illegal. It's so mm-hmm. illegal, I could cry. Edward stalks Bella in her house at night while she sleeps. I don't care who you are, that's not cute. And they <laughs> pretend like these are perfectly normal things. And, you know, we'll get into this when we have our conversation about, you know, ethics of writing these, you know, hard kinks as a writer, like your obligation to the reader but uh, I don't know I think I think I fully agree with you that it's really about being you know just that one step removed but also acknowledging that hey this is a fantasy you know Mm -hmm. this is not a reality this is not something we're suggesting that you do or try to enact because it's dangerous, it's not safe, it's not consensual, you know, whatever the case may be. 
that acknowledgement, both as a reader and as an author, I think is very important mm-hmm. to being able to enjoy the fantasy without feeling guilty about it. Yeah. And the thing is, be all the examples you listed, like, you know, Christian Grey being a stalker, Edward being a stalker, that that can be so sexy. Like, I have such a major non-con kink, and I mm-hmm. feel like that comes out in, especially when I read and write paranormal stuff. I have not published any paranormal stuff, but I desperately want to. But I just need that one little thing, whether it's in the story or outside of it, that like, hey, we we just, we see that this is a fantasy. We see that this is not something you should do in real life. This is not a script. This is a book. For me, as a writer, that's kind of an important part is, you know, kind of navigating like I was saying about the Omega book, um, we're being very sensitive about how rapey it gets. Because, mm-hmm. like, not only do you not want to trigger an unsuspecting person in the audience, not only do you not want to, you know, trigger content guidelines on Amazon or Smashwords or wherever you're publishing, but it's also, at least for myself, um, important for that distinction of fantasy versus life to be there for me to enjoy such a such a dark story. And mm-hmm. I do think that that's actually a very important part of it, at least as far as my writing process goes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in complete agreement. Like, I mean, even if, if you take a look at the books you've described, like um, Control of Her Body was inspired by the thought, what if the government forced people to be pregnant? And, um, you know, your book about sex cults, like fantasy sex cults, those are not sexy things in real life. But with the atmosphere that you build with it, they absolutely can be some of the sexiest things you could ever fantasize about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see. Well, let's very briefly talk about horror. It was the last little thing on our list that we wanted to kind of touch on. Um, Neither of us has really written horror. So, um, I mean, for me, I I have a couple of people in mind who I maybe want to interview to talk to more about this because they do write erotic horror and do it well. But how do you make blood sexy, Evelyn? I I don't... Blood sexy? Is that the yes, question? Yes, that was the question. Because, like, blood play is not one of my kinks. Like, I am very open about that. No bodily fluids, please and thank you. So, but I feel like horror, you would have such an opportunity to explore weapons play and blood play and, like, not just, you know, standard degradation or humiliation, but true, like, scary situations being left out for instance this is off the top of my head but like being left out in public where you might get caught somewhere and not in a fun way like in a someone might kidnap you kind of way and like thinking about that now I'm like ooh, ooh, maybe that's hot <laughs> <laughs> and well first of all to address how do you make blood sexy um I'm not personally into blood play in real life 
I have been wanting to write a blood play scene because I think there is so much opportunity for um, vulnerability and trust and just such a strong, sexy dynamic there that even if the blood itself is not sexy, everything going on around it really is. As for the rest of it, like what makes something horrifying is such an interesting question because I think as we spoke about a bit earlier, so many of the premises we've described could be horror with just this different spin on it, right? Mm -hmm. So Control of Her Body, my book, it it's almost 1984. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost 1984 by George Orwell because it has that very big brother. We control everything. We control the news. We control what you hear and what you say and who you believe and all of that. And in the book, there's still a a veneer of a democratic government. You know, there's two different sides and there's representatives and la da 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 da. But at the end of the day, you know that whatever the big brother figure wants to happen will happen in some way. You know, it might not be the way that it's initially presented, but it'll happen. And that is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, as an American, I was, you know, very inspired by a lot of the turmoil that was happening in the political system over the last year or so. But it's not, you know, it's not just that. It's not just that this is real life, but also the idea of a democratic government being, you know, essentially overthrown while still pretending basically mm -hmm. to exist is scary, but it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't make you jump, you know? And I, I think that's probably where some of the disconnect comes for me as far as horror and suspense goes, because I'm like, but I'm not jumping, like, where's the scares? But, you know, I'm still getting goosebumps on the back of my neck and still very unnerved. So maybe I need to adjust my expectation of what horror is in order to write it. Yeah, I think I have not written erotic horror, but I I feel like horror is a very... It's a very specific thing, but at the same time, it's so many things. Like, horror is not just a slasher movie, and it's not just, you know, the trapped in the dark with a serial killer movie. And I think we all find horror in different things. I don't think that necessarily makes it part of the horror genre. I feel like horror writers might be listening to this conversation and just going, that's not what horror is. In which case, <laughs> I kind of want you to write to us and and tell us your Please thoughts. Please tell us. That tell would us be what it is. Amazing. Then. Because neither of us have written. Um, I'm currently picking my way through a couple of different books. Um, one of them is it's called um, Her Soul to Take by Harley Larue, mm -hmm. and it's a erotic horror demon fucking book basically and I haven't gone very far into it but I think she is masterful in the way that she creates this atmosphere that sets up such a good circumstance for this tense and stressful situation mm -hmm. um 
I will report back when I have read more of it to have more <laughs> thoughts. But yeah, and I think what you said about like tense and stress- stressful situations are what horror and suspense are built out of. But that's also what some really sexy scenes are built out of. And I oh, think yeah. there's like, you know, there's so much similarity between like your heart's racing, you don't know what's going to happen. And um, also your panties are wet. And your panties are wet. And I think, like, I feel like I, as I said, I don't feel like I've written horror as a genre. But as I get more, like, when I, I've written a bunch of bimbofication stories lately on my blog. And that always feels... And you should keep writing them. Thank you. They always feel vaguely horrific and scary to me. Absolutely. Like that idea of someone, because it's all non-con, and the idea of someone taking control of you in that way, especially as like, like I'm a cisgender woman, and that presses some very particular buttons. Absolutely. Um, I never, I never would have seen it that way. That's, which, you know, that's actually kind of funny, because I have a concept for a bimification book. And the only thing I have so far is a title and a few kinks. But the title is The Dollmaker. That is such a creepy title. Isn't it? I love it. It's so creepy. I never... Because I guess that there are some kinks, like bimbofication and non-con and, you know, bodily fluid play and weapon play and such that very lend themselves very very well to horror Mm. i need to explore this a little bit more like i felt it um when i was writing my pet series um for those of you who don't know my i have two books in the pet series and they are they are full-on non-con where this young couple is kidnapped and forced to become pets for this um married couple who are rich and powerful and have their obedient little human pets trotting around and yeah it's full of non-con they're super sexy but when I was writing the second book um which is titled Missy it's from the it's mostly from the point of view of the woman who was kidnapped and she is sort of watching her husband get brainwashed into this role she's watching herself being forced into this role and there were moments when I was writing and I was going, this is dark. This is, it's not jump scare scary, but it's like insidious, claustrophobic, get in your head kind of scary. And it's not a horror book. I would never classify it as horror or suspense. But there are certain scenes where I was like, this is a little bit, it's creepy, which is also what makes it sexy. Well, and I mean, I guess in that same way, um, Captive, the very first chapter is literally in a dungeon and she is being evaluated to be sold. Yeah. And I guess I I remember when I first wrote that, that was the very first thing. The first chapter of that book was the first thing that I ever wrote for my Patreon. And I remember talking to a friend and being like, is this too much like is this too dark is it too non-con and he's like no it's perfect it's fine 
and you know people liked it um and then I wrote a book about it so (laughs) I feel like I know which friend this was you probably know exactly who he is it's fine (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I we need to have a more in-depth conversation I think about each of these genres especially fantasy and horror slash paranormal I think those kind of go hand in hand but yeah there's so much like each of these topics could be their own episode I think I mean we've been talking for an hour and I feel like we barely touched on anything (laughs) yes so so there's so much I feel like that's just also what I love about writing it's what I love about stories is the more you talk about it the more you explore you just you there's just more under there like there's always more and I love it absolutely I mean that's what makes writing fun you know and at the end of the day two authors could take the exact same concept the exact same kinks the exact same basic story plot and it would be two completely different stories yeah well yeah, I feel like there's endless things to talk about, but yeah, we should I think probably that's a wrap up. Place to end. Oh my god, that was fun. That was really fun. Okay, everyone. Yeah, do you want well, to- that'll be it for this conversation. Um, I guess we're supposed to say to like and subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast app you use. Um, go buy our books. We that are. Would be- independent authors we want to do this for a living i work a full-time job and it's very sad i don't want to have to work a full-time job so go buy my books (laughs) uh victoria johnson on amazon and i'll drop our links below evelyn prince on amazon as well and then we both have blogs on bdsmler if you are on there go find us and give us a follow um let us know what you think. Please do. And thank you so much for every to everyone who joined us for this first episode. Victoria and I have been talking about this for a long time, and I think we're both very excited to get started. Oh, it's um, going to be fun. We've got we've got some fun ideas of things to talk about. Um if you guys want to hear anything, uh send us a message. Uh tweet us. We're both on Twitter. We have a lot of social medias, don't we? <laughs> we do. That is, that's where I started. I started on Tumblr, but maybe we'll do a, a episode on our origin stories, our villain origin stories. <laughs> but we'll also put an email address below where you can, where you can contact us, share your thoughts, your feelings, stories, erotic horror authors. Please come yell at us about anything we got wrong. Yes, I. We want to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're so excited to share this episode with you. Yes, and we will see you next time. Um, Bye. Bye.